Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast for Real Life Church Pullman. We exist to help people know and become like Jesus. We have been in this series called Wisdom Under Fire. And in this series, we've been talking uh, through the book of Daniel and kind of jumping out of it with different lessons and, and life applications. And I've really enjoyed this series and appreciated the teaching from the different people like Corbin and Gary. Just love hearing from those other guys in our church and our leadership that are just really uh, solid, gifted teachers. And today, we're just going to spend a little bit of time, a little shorter than usual, uh, as we're joining from home and, and far off places. And we're going to wrap this series up with what I would say are three really important takeaways from this series. And there are three things I just want to make sure that um, as we're wrapping this thing up, that we don't miss these three lessons, these three takeaways. And the first thing is uh, right now, because you're not with us and you might not have sermon notes readily available, uh, we'll post the link for those of you watching on Facebook and YouTube in the chat for the PDF for the sermon notes. But make sure you grab your trusty uh, sermon notebook and a pen and get ready to uh, dive in and take some notes as we finish things up today. So first of all, the first takeaway would be this. It would be that uh, there will be trials, right? And Daniel uh, went through trials with God's help. The reality is, as believers, I think uh, we just absolutely need to remember there's going to be trials. God didn't promise us a trouble-free life, contrary to some of the uh, popular uh, best-selling authors that say you can have your best life now. You can have the the best life available with God now, but this is not as good as it gets. There is certainly trials and tribulations in this life that we live. And, And one of the things that I think you'll notice as you study through Daniel is just how amazingly consistent and steadfast Daniel is. Throughout his life, throughout his entire time in exile in Babylon, he stayed faithful to God. He stayed consistent to his walk with God, no matter what happened. And he went through a number of regime uh, changes with different presidents and different leaders. And he was in certain levels of authority and then removed from those levels of authority. He had certain levels of influence and then he was a nobody again. And no matter what happened, Daniel just stayed the course and he was so consistent. And he he knew something that, that I think God had made clear to believers all along, that there's going to be trials. And so he was prepared for those things, like we talked about a while ago. He had committed or decided to walk in wisdom. And Jesus also made it clear that there would be trials. I think many of you may remember the parable of the wise and foolish builder. I just want to look at it together in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. It goes like this. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds his house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds crash and beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And and I'd love that it ties together this idea of wisdom and foolishness, that a wise person uh, is knows that the trials are going to come, knows that the struggles are going to come, and prepares ahead of time. And you prepare by building your house 
on the rock, like building the foundation of your life on God's truth and God's word. And that's the way Daniel lived. And he, he walked out a life that we can look to as an example as being grounded on the foundation of God and God's word. And not only did Daniel live this way, not only did Jesus teach this way, Paul went on to teach this over and over again. He reminded the believers that he would speak to that there was going to be trials. There was going to be struggles. I love Paul's passion and excitement for the church in Thessalonica in particular. He was just so fired up about these new believers there. He got to go there with Silas and Timothy on his second missionary journey. And he spent just a short time there, maybe three, four, five weeks. And in that amount of time, these young believers that had just come to faith in Christ made such an impression on Paul that it just touched him in such a way that he could not wait to get back there. They faced some serious persecution. They were ran out of Thessalonica down to Berea and from Berea down to Athens. And when Paul couldn't take it anymore, he had to know, like, how are they doing are they holding up? Are they staying the course? Have they gotten off the track? Because Paul knew that that we're going to face trials and struggles. And when he couldn't take it anymore, he sent Timothy. And I wanted to read to you uh, what Paul wrote to those believers. It's in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. At the beginning of the chapter, it goes like this. He says, finally, when I could stand it no longer. I love that. It just gives you this insight into Paul's heart and passion. He's like, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to know. Are you guys okay? So he says, finally, when I couldn't stand it any longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens and sent Timothy to visit you. He's our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. And we sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles that you were going through. But you know that what we are uh, destined for such troubles, and even while we were there with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. And that's why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong, because I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you, and that our work had been useless." And things are no different today, right? There will be trials. There will be struggles uh, in your life as a Christian. And for those of us who are pouring into uh, people around us and, and excited when somebody comes to faith, excited when someone commits their life to follow God, like Paul with those early believers in Thessalonica, like we should have this deep concern particularly for new believers like are they okay are they holding up under the pressure are they you know stay in the course under the struggles and know that they have an enemy that is at odds with them and and be doing everything we can to come alongside them and lift each other up and not just new believers all of us in the church should be so aware that there are troubles, there are struggles, there are trials in our walks as Christians, and we should be sinking arms with each other, lifting each other up, encouraging each other, and, and helping each other stay the course so that we can be like a Daniel in Babylon and stay the course. So the next thing Daniel did is he focused on the bigger picture, and that's our second takeaway. Daniel focused on the bigger picture. He, We looked in the passage earlier in the series but there's some things in this particular passage that we're going to look back at that I want to make sure that we don't miss um, that are really kind of cool things. In Daniel chapter 6, in this part of the story or the, the historical account here, 
Daniel is now um, working for the king of the Medes named Darius. And Darius really liked Daniel's leadership style. Daniel was among, um, I don't know, it was sort of like a, a governor type position with among several and that were in this type of role that oversaw a lot of the town and city officials. So he was a, a higher ranking official that oversaw a lot of officials. And he was doing such an awesome job and his leadership stood out so well to Darius that Darius had actually publicly talked about putting Daniel in position of uh, authority over the entire empire of Babylon. Like, could you imagine? Well, the word got out that Darius had uh, had this position in mind for Daniel, and so many of the other officials became jealous and bitter, and they went on a mission to try and figure out how to uh, belittle or, or, or do a smear campaign, if you will, against Daniel and see if there's anything that they could, you know, skeletons they could drag out of the closet or prove how he wasn't as good as maybe Darius thought he was. Well, the harder they looked, the less and less they could find to say anything bad about him. There was just such integrity in Daniel's life. Who he was behind closed doors was who he was out in the open. And and that just frustrated him even more to the point where these wise men who were coming against Daniel really sat down and kind of had a roundtable meeting. Like, what are we going to do? How can we get this guy out of here? How can we make sure that he doesn't become uh, you know, the top official in the land? And all they could come up with was that the only thing we can say is that he's super, super devoted to his religion and his God. Like he's very faithful. He doesn't ever miss out on his uh, religious practices. And so they plotted a plan against him to uh, convince the king to um, come against him because of his religious practices. And and so they go on to say that they're going to talk the king into making this new law that nobody could worship any other gods or any other deity or any other king or anybody, animals, anything, idols, anything. Nobody could worship anything except King Darius for 30 days. And during that 30-day period, if anybody broke that law, they'd be fed to the lions. And so they pitch this plan to Darius and they feed his ego and stroke his pride. And Darius, in a moment of, you know, just his pride getting the better of him, thinks, oh man, this is a really good plan that everybody should worship me. Look at what a great ruler I am. Look at what a great king I am. And so he issues the decree and this law goes into place and it's a law in their system that couldn't be undone. And so here's what goes on when this law is put in place. Here's how Daniel handles it. This is a guy who has got his eyes on the bigger picture and not getting lost in the weeds of the everyday details. I want to read it to you from Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It goes like this. When Daniel learned about the law that had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day and just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. And I just wanted us to look back at that passage because I think it's important for us to remember that Daniel remembered the bigger picture. The circumstances had around him had changed, but what did he do? He did what he had already done. 
Every day he prayed. He was already committed to God. He already had awesome spiritual disciplines and habits in place. And so when things got shaky around him and he wasn't sure how it was going to affect his relationship with God, what did he do? He did what he had already been doing. And I just think it's interesting because we see so many people desperately trying to start good habits when things are way past healthy right? Like I think in America in particular, we're fascinated with these reality TV shows like The Biggest Loser or My 600 Pound Life or the, the Thousand Pound Brothers or whatever these shows are about these people that reach this point for all sorts of difficult reasons. They reach these points of extreme, extreme, extreme obesity. And then we watch on from the outside as they're trying to all of a sudden just on a, in a blink, change their habits, change their, make different choices about food and diet and exercise. And it's extraordinarily difficult and it's painful to watch as a person from the outside. You, you can't help but want to root for them. But at the same, same token, you can't, you almost assume they're going to fail. Because it's like, man, they're so far gone. And, it, and that's the opposite of what Daniel had done. Daniel, he put healthy spiritual disciplines in place long before crisis came, long before it was emergency status, right? He was making healthy choices. So when, when the, the, the stuff hit the fan, he already had healthy practices. The other thing I think is really neat about what we see in this particular passage is, is Daniel did something really specific. He actually opened his window towards Jerusalem and prayed in that direction. And it's this imagery that we get that he purposely set his eyes towards God's city, to, to where he knew God was and, and where God would come from, right? Like where the prophets spoke from, where the words of God came to Babylon were from Jerusalem. And he set his eyes and he set his prayers towards God. And, and he opened his window. He opened his life up to get his wisdom and, and communicate in a direction that was from God. And, and I just wonder how many of us open our window towards heaven, open our window towards God. Like what are the things that we're opening up and seeking wisdom from? Where does it come from? Do we open our windows to Fox News? Do we open our windows to CNN? Lord help us. Do we open our windows to, you know, Reddit or, you know, Facebook or pick your social media or your crazy news source or wherever your stuff comes from? What are we opening our window to and what are we allowing in masqueraded as wisdom and information and truth? And how does it shape the way we respond to the circumstances, to the troubles and the trials and the struggles that we go through when that's the stuff that we're feeding ourselves? Is it any wonder that people just can't stop arguing, that they're angry all the time, that they're depressed all the time, that they're frustrated, that their marriages are are not fun, that they're having a hard time with their kids, that their finances are out of whack? Like they're not, the, the window isn't open to God's wisdom. And what the window is open to in so many people's lives is everything but godly wisdom coming in. And so the challenge would be is like, 
Can we have the bigger picture in mind like Daniel did? Can we remember that God has a plan? God, God had given Daniel these uh, abilities to understand the, the dreams and visions that came, and he knew what was to come, that, that God was in control, that yes, there was going to be these kingdoms, and there would be uh, different kingdoms that would come, but they would be toppled, and ultimately there would be this rock that would come and crush these kingdoms. He knew that Jesus was the ultimate king of kings that would come and and crush these kingdoms and rule and and he lived his life in a way that um reflected that there's a bigger picture that God is in control of a bigger story and the the concerns of today didn't pull him all over the road like a ping pong ball just reacting to every little thing that came through uh, through the news feed, right? Like he was grounded in a bigger picture and understood that. And so I think that's one of the important things that we can take away from this series. And then the last thing that I want to talk about as a takeaway is this idea that Daniel really understood the mission. And it's the same mission that we have today. And it's, it's about unity and love for a purpose, and like we looked at here uh, a couple weeks ago, one of the things I think is so important is that Daniel understood what the prophet Jeremiah had said. Like, yes, you're in exile in Babylon. Yes, you've been taken there against your will. But, but God brought you there. God uh, used Babylon as a tool to discipline his kids. But, but Babylon wasn't the enemy. Babylon was the mission field. And I just wonder, like, I think sometimes God's people, us included, just need shook up. We need woke up. We need a, I joke around sometimes, like sometimes you need a spiritual two by four to the head to like kind of hear from the Lord because we get stuck in our own rut and our own ways and our own wisdom. And sometimes God's got to give us a good, you know, snock on the noggin to wake us up like this this discipline, this Babylonian exile, this was a spiritual two by four for God's people in so many ways. He was shaking them loose, like, wake up, pay attention. The, the way you're going and the way you're living and the wisdom that you're putting into place is not good for you. It's going to hurt you and hurt generations to come. And as they got a spiritual wake up call, now he's got them shook loose. He's got their attention. They're back to what do the prophets say and, and what's the plan. Now all of a sudden he makes clear to them what the plan is. The plan is the same as it's always been. Love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and look around you and love your neighbors as yourself. Like plan A has always been plan A. You are to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are to be set out like a, like a city on a hill, like a light on a, a lampstand to, to be a beacon of hope and a, a, a new way and a new example of following a God who is a good God, who loves you and who has only good in mind for you. You are to bring this message of hope to a lost and hurting nation around you. He's like the message and the mission is the same as it's always been. Wake up and look around you. I didn't exile you. I sent you to the mission field. And through Jeremiah, he tells him like their plan there. The plan isn't rebel and fight back. The plan isn't to join the latest agenda and, and protest. The plan is to 
build houses and plant gardens and feed people and love people and care about your neighbor and have kids and and raise awesome, amazing, godly families and make an impact on the city around you. Make an impact in the neighborhood that you live in so that all who know you would get a glimpse of your good God whom you love and whom you serve. And and so those are the things that I, I think we should really just wrestle with and take away from this series as we're kind of wrapping things up, just remembering that there is going to be trials, right? There will be trials. And like Daniel, we can face them as long as we're walking with God and we're committed to walk in God's wisdom and and, and we can persevere when those things come up. We can also remember to stay focused on the bigger picture, right? Loving God with everything we've got, loving our neighbors, loving our community, Right, remembering that Jesus says that they'll know that He was real, that He, that God sent Him, if we as believers can stay unified and love each other well, and then lastly that we can stay focused on the mission. There's so many little messages out there that are trying to pull us away from the mission. Like this is the thing, that's the thing. Focus on this, care about that. Those are not the mission. The mission is to represent our God well, to be ambassadors and to point people to the hope that we have in Christ and be, and be ready for that when they ask. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by going to rlcpullman.com or by following us on Facebook or YouTube. Until next time, have a great week.